Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Firing Synapses. This is a show all about exploration. I want to learn what makes you, you. This includes your hobbies, passions, whatever else drives an emotion. However, if you want to come on just to vent about what's currently bothering you, I'm perfectly fine with that as well. My goal for this show is for you to have a good time, learn something, and have the opportunity to talk about what you normally would not get a chance to share with others. Thank you and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. For those return listeners, I thank you very much. I appreciate all the love. For those of you who are new to this endeavor, I am your host, Matt. On today's episode, I am joined by the host of Get Out of My Way podcast. Please, everyone, welcome to the show, Liz. Hi, Liz. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh, wonderful. Uh, so today, um, amongst other things, uh, we're going to be talking about Liz, Liz's art, and some other things that kind of, I guess, go into it. Um, so I did happen to get a chance to look at, you know, your Instagram um, page and some of your work. And I really like your work. Uh, Thank for the you. people um, who uh, are out there listening, uh, can you kind of describe what kind of art you do? Oh, that's so difficult. I do a lot of different things. Uh, <laughs> so when I started getting back into art and kind of what turned into what it is now. I started with watercolor and then I moved into painting jackets with uh, acrylic paints. And then uh, last year I had the opportunity to get some tools to learn digital art and illustration. So last year that was pretty much all that I did. Uh, More recently, I've been going back to some more traditional art, though, and I've been doing tiny paintings of cozy places, and they're acrylic paintings. And I also, if you actually look, that's a commission that's not even close to being done. It's like two, one part in, that's a a tote bag that's being painted. It's hanging to dry. (laughs) I I was like, you paint mandolins? Or, I mean, that's kind of impressive. (laughs) Because it's it's just hanging there to dry. So... There was a lot in there, which is good, because I like uh, trying to, yeah, taking a lot and pulling it apart. Uh, Jacket painting. I mean, is that quite literally like you take a a jacket and paint like, you know, 80s metal bands or whatnot on it? Kind of, yeah. So this all started because uh, a couple of years ago, I was actually having a pretty serious, I was going through a pretty serious depressive phase. And I kept making, I made the joke that I wanted to start a club called Babes Who Scowl. And I went through a series of like, every time I take a selfie, it would be a picture of me scowling. So then I made myself a jacket. Oh my God, actually, I'm totally jumping ahead. This is how it got seriously started, but how how it really got started, and I don't know how your listenership skews politically, but how it really got started, it was with Melania Trump's, I don't really care, do you jacket? And so I created a couple of jackets that said, I something I don't remember exactly what they said, but they said something like, I really do care, you sociopath. <laughs> and then uh, like six months later, I kept doing the thing about babes who scowl. So I made myself basically a, a club of one club jacket. It has a giant 
very feminine looking middle finger on it with painted nails. And it says, babes who scowl established 2018 or 2019. And so it started there and then it turned into a whole other thing. I started getting a couple of commissions and uh, made a bunch of, I made one that's like the big Lebowski. It's the dude. I made one that's uh, for a, a woman who she's a good friend of mine who is a hardcore Scorpio. So she wanted a jacket that had a scorpion on it. And so on it, it says venomous honey around the jacket. So have you been reading my profile of, you know, I, I'm also a Scorpio, November 8th. Yes, that's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at first I'm like, why is she flipping me off? I haven't done anything yet to her. Usually that takes like two or three trips before people <laughs> start flipping me off and People are already threatened to throw beanbags at me because um, uh, the the crude and crass jokes that I, I make at them. But they, they laugh at me, so they encourage it. So I'm going to get in trouble because I'm right across <laughs> the hall from HR. I have a loud mouth, and my voice just carries. So I'm like, close the door. I got some comments to make to you. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I, I have I have similar similar problems. But I have to know. So like... Do you think that a, a lot of people carry around beanbags to throw at people just like casually? Is that just something that people like, cause I haven't been doing this. So I need to know if I'm like behind the times. Well, so um, I play competitive cornhole. So I go. To, I'm sorry. You what? I, <laughs> look, they're, I'm sorry. They're behind Say it me, again. But, Say so it again. I play competitive cornhole. All right. As, uh, I actually had a cornhole shirt on, but then I spilled too much food on it. But I go weekly, at least two or three times a week, and I play, you know, for money. I play competitive in different leagues. I, um, I'm i actually ranked uh, 76th in New Jersey, 350th wow. in the Northeast. That's from New Jersey to Maine. So, uh, yeah, back in July, I started playing, and I fell in love with the sport. So I go weekly. So everyone that I work with know I knows I play. So they said they're going to take you know small bean bags, and whenever you know I say something inappropriate, they're just going to lob them at me. I'm uh, like, okay. you better have a lot of bean bags because they'll be all on my side like <laughs> within an hour. So, so I do want to let you know, and actually, I'm I am obsessed with niche interests that people have. I, I love this. And so when I say this, I, I truly do not mean it in a disparaging way, but I want to let you know that the phrase competitive cornhole sounds uh, like a euphemism for porn, which I'm sure I'm not the first to point that out. So, um, <laughs> no, not at all. It's, it's, it's pretty hard to say anything that's cornhole related without <laughs> self-giggling. Sometimes it is out loud. So yeah. in, in cornhole... Um, We'll call it beanbag toss if, unless you want if you unless you want to keep being crass. Uh, <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I just think it's funny, and I had no idea that there was like a serious competitive professional league mm -hmm. of cornholers. Mm -hmm. So cornholians. All... What's the appropriate? Uh, <laughs> what's the appropriate yeah. term? Cornholers, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, like, there's several different companies that all put out like. Uh, patches and well, stickers and what and there's there's like three of them that aren't uh euphemisms you know they're all double entendres you know 
I something about slipping in the hole, or I, you know, I ride that one well, slow bus, but that's a different one. But like all of them are like all in sexual nature, and there's like very few of them that are just like this is a PG uh, patch. I'm like, <laughs> I, I cool. mean, I guess that's Love probably it. why I like playing it. But yeah, it's um, it can be it's it's friendly enough that you can like have zero skill level and come in and play like. I, I brought in people from work uh, yesterday, and they said, "Yeah, it's a huge, it's a wonderful crowd there, and like between matches, everyone's friendly. Once you get started to play, then then it becomes very competitive, and people will take it very seriously. But you're also drinking at the same time, so some of that <laughs> is beer muscles on top of it. So I do want to say that I would watch a, a a cornhole version of the Queen's Gambit." I don't know if you saw that, if you've seen that yet. Um, so, no, it's it's about chess, right? Yeah, and it's it's great. It's fun. It's it's um it's stylistically it's very beautiful and it's it's an entertaining watch. But yeah, it's very chess heavy and it's very uh it gets real nerdy into chess. And I would watch the cornhole version. I just want to put that out there. Free idea for any screenwriters out there. Yeah, uh, part like I said, part of the the enjoyment is just the the chicanery that goes on and like just the trash talking of like there's a guy i really like playing with and he's always like well i'm always coming in with either sometimes i'll play in my kilt i play with my colored hair right now it's purple and blue you know i'm pretty much gonna paint my fingernails soon so he's always got something to say about oh how is the lady over there throwing her bags in the hole or you know something like very <laughs> off color so that's 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 the, that's most most of the fun right I, i'll take a win but i like the just the the trash talking back and forth so yeah absolutely where are we going with this oh uh, <laughs> I told you I would take us on a tangent. I told you, no worries. <laughs> then, then, then you talk about tiny painting. So I'm like, yeah. are you are you painting stamps um, or? So okay, so the first ones, which actually I I have the actual finished ones put away right now, uh, the ones that I haven't sold yet. So I've been doing they're four by four inches. And then I actually just got some that I'm going to start that are even smaller. Like coaster size. I mean, the four by four is coaster size. This is even smaller. This is like, I don't know if I have anything around here for a, like a size reference. Like, I don't know. Here's my car key. <laughs> Here's the extra tiny painting. So yeah, um, I found these, uh, well, I found the, the bigger ones bigger ones at the at the local store and I was like that seems like a really fun idea and after doing digital all last year for the most part I was just like really craving to actually paint something because the physical sensation is very different I was just going to say do you is there one that you prefer over the other one or are they kind of just like hey it's Tuesday I'm going to go on uh photoshop and I'm going to start painting or hey it's Thursday of of you know, of October, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to paint some tiny paintings. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they just are, they both have different benefits. So the digital's really cool because there's no mess and it's super flexible. So it's one of those things where like, I'll put on a movie and uh, I also, because of the, I have ADHD and because of that, I'm 
practically allergic to sitting still for any length of time. Like it's very challenging. Like I'm the person who in school, anytime I take a class, I have to doodle the entire time just to be able to pay attention. So same thing with movies. With movies, I love, I I love film. I love a lot of TV. Um, especially now it's such an amazing art form, but I I cannot sit still for the life of me. So I'll either knit or do something to keep my hands busy. So it's great with the digital because you can sit down and just, you know, do the thing. Oh, darn it. What? Oh, you said you knit. Isn't that kind of like what, what oh, you... <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, okay. 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 Look, how, I... <laughs> how very funny of you. <laughs> Look, I never said my jokes are ever home runs, but, I'll, you know, sometimes... <laughs> You just gotta swing for the fences, and hopefully you'll get like a, a base hit, or sometimes a second base. You oh. know, sometimes it happens. I mean, you almost had me in stitches. You know, <laughs> again, these are very loosely related to knitting. We're not really getting into knitting puns. We're sort of getting into these are knitting adjacent puns. But sure, yeah. Th this is where I, I I like learning about new things, and that's part of the reason why I do the show. That later on down the road, like in a month, you know, six weeks down the road. Someone can come up with a say something out of the blue, and I'll be like, and I'll say something completely off the wall. You know, it's like, yes, I got that in. Like the other day, I got to use Octothorpe in a sentence, and uh, so I was on Discord, and I haven't been on Discord for a while, but I was playing Dungeons and Dragons because other people that were on the show got me into that. So I'm like, well, so the thing with the Octothorpe, that's just text, and he's looking, well, he's looking at me. I was like, the pound symbol or the hashtag, whatever you want to call it, it's the same symbol, you know, shift in three, you know, it's, that's an octothorpe because it has uh, eight lines, I guess. I don't know. It's weird because there's nine spaces, eight lines. I don't know why it's called that. I just know that. Are there eight lines or are there four lines? You know, six and one and half a dozen and the other. Yeah, I just want to say I I would uh, argue with the eight lines thing. Well, zero. Who They're draws? Who draws it in eight lines? You draw two lines and then you draw two more. You don't go one, two, three, four. See, the correct answer is there's zero lines. They're all line segments. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible to draw a line. You got to go infinity one way to the other. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. I told you I pay attention at the weirdest thing just so I can bring it back up <laughs> no, later. Like, it's I, great. I was um, at my job. Sometimes we had interns. And we, we had a chemical engineer, right? So I prefaced that for a reason. So they were working with copper. And I just said, all of a sudden, I said, well, I'll see you. And they said, you'll see me where? I said, well... You're talking about copper. The atomic symbol for copper is CU. So oh, my statement no. was done. I, 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 said, <laughs> I said, you of all people should have got that because I'm. you, you just mentioned copper. I said, I'll see no. you. So Honestly, Matt, get out. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Tell me when I can come back. <laughs> You're ADHD. Let's get to that for yeah. quick. Like I said, uh, whatever you want to talk about, it's fine. If you want to say no, that's no good. But... Don't worry, I don't need your permission. I will. <laughs> um, 
how do you think that affects your art? I mean, that kind of how you got started because you sit there constantly doodle in class and, you know, that's kind of like, well, this is what I do normally. So let me make a profession out of this type of thing. So no. And yes, uh, I, I do think that there is a lot of overlap between ADHD or other neurodivergences and also in general, like mental illness and creativity. I don't think that it inherently makes you more creative. I think that creativity is something that everyone has. Everybody has the capacity to be creative. There's no, like, it's all, it's, it's a muscle, right? And just like how some people are great at working out on a regular basis and other people aren't, it doesn't mean that those people who aren't working out regularly can't do it necessarily. It means that they're not working out those muscles, right? I think it's this of it the same way, basically. I do think that they don't know, uh, you know, with all the research that's been done, they don't know exactly why there seems to be greater incidences of creativity in people who have brains that are a little quirky. I My theory, though, is that I think that when you have when your brain works differently. So ADHD, basically the way that my therapist described it to me is that your brain. So you have all these teams that help you do things that help you control all of your functions, right? That help you organize things that help you plan things and execute them. And people who have ADHD basically uh, don't have a, a CEO. You don't have a leader that's telling those teams, like coordinating what's most important and what needs to get done and whatever. Um, the more complex version is that basically like the brain chemicals are all funny and they don't act right. And the complex version, I like that that's my complex version. I'm not a scientist, so that is my complex version. Um, but what it means is that, you know, you you end up looking at the world a little differently. And that I think can be con extra conducive to creativity because it allows you to have a different perspective. And also I think it makes you more compelled to express it because you realize that you're, if you're around a lot of people who have normal quote unquote brains, you feel compelled to be like, that's not how my brain works. Like this is how I see it. And I think that's what leads to that, you know, sort of correlation. So this is an odd question. Not that most of these questions for this hour won't be odd, but um, are you by any chance, chance left-handed? I'm not, which I know that more artists are left-handed. I'm actually really, uh, I know a lot of lefties who are, are also artists and I'm deeply offended that I'm not one of them. Like I take it really personally. So that kind of like, I mean, I start out with my right hand, right? Because that's, I guess, how most people do. But, like, one day at work, I said, I'm going to write with my left hand. And I just, like, all right, I'm going to write with my left hand. I don't care how bad it's going to be. And if, now I'm I'm an ambidextrous. So I, oh, I, I, you I, trained yourself. Mm -hmm, I can do that's both. That's very cool. So when I have my, you know, nieces and nephews over, if, you know, I can sit in the middle of them, hold a crayon or color pencil in either hand and, like, color both of them well not at the same time but close to it so <laughs> it, it, awesome so that is kind of like a good talent i have because my other th thinking was 
I'm ever on a game show and they ever say, well, we're going to tie your dominant hand behind your back. I'm like, well, that would be both of them for me because I could do pretty much pretty much anything that has a stick. I'm left handed. Anything with a ball, I'm right handed. But everything else like writing and stuff, I can do both. Not It's not a problem. I am so envious. So wait, does your handwriting from your left hand look the same as your handwriting from your right hand? No, it's actually neater. <laughs> Oh, now I'm extra jealous. Except for in cursive. <laughs> I can't I can't cursive with my left hand. Um, who writes in cursive anymore? Except true. for people who are like really into calligraphy, which I respect the hell out of that as a person who has no gift for it. Yeah, if I could draw a straight line, I guess that's, well, you wouldn't really draw straight lines in calligraphy, but if you could draw, you know, understandable line, no, it's still not calligraphy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one of those things I'm sure I don't know why I haven't picked up just like everything else. It's like every I, I'm a, such an impulse buyer. If you know if something says new or improved, uh, limited time only, I'm buying it. I don't care what it is. That's how I pick my uh, food choices at, at a restaurant. Just, just flashing new. It's like this has been new for three years. It's OK. It's it's new today. You know? <laughs> Do you have ADHD? <laughs> Because that is some real desperate need for dopamine, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I haven't got tested for anything, but I'm sure I have something. Um, there's almost like no way. <laughs> there's almost like no way I don't have something. I know I, I am at least partially OCD, um, if not, you know, pretty good. Because a lot of times I'll look at my cabinet and it's usually when I'm like already stressed and I'm late for work or just on time i'll open up my cabinet and i'll see that the cups or glasses are not in the correct order so i will already late for work i'll pull everything out of the cabinet and rearrange these are these are my juice glasses these are my tall glasses these are my mugs everything's got to be over here these glasses are over here they can't touch you know handles got to be this way except for the corner because it turns this way i have some weird things where you know, I have to have things organized, like my shirts in my closet. They all face the same way. The hangers face the same way. But but the question is, is it like intrusive if you don't do it? I mean, I get that itch where, you know, it's it's sometimes it's it's painful not to do something. Uh, once once I get it in my head, I'm like, I need to reorganize this and I'll get a calm down, Matt. You don't need to do this. It's not that important. I know it's not important to you, but I have this itch and it needs to be scratched or it's just going to be worse. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure if I got tested, they would say, I've, you know, here's your list of things that you have, you know. I mean, it's worth it. I know that we just talked about this in the, either the last episode or the episode that's about to drop tomorrow uh, for our podcast. Um, but it, I, I think a lot of people resist getting a diagnosis. But it's worth it. I mean, if you really think that, I don't know if you're just joking, but if you think something like that, it's worth getting it checked out just because it can give you a lot of freedom. Yeah, I have a reason for it. Like, no, I'm not a jerk. I just have Asperger's, all right? <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> that's not how that works at all. There are lots of people who are jerks without having a mental health reason. I got, a, I got a piece of paper. It says I can be this way. <laughs> no, that's not how that works at all. Oh, it's on a card. No, 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 none of that. No, there's no license to be a dick. That's not a thing. 
That's definitely not a thing. Are you sure? I'm 100% sure because I think that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I think that it it's, uh, see, I'm about to get serious on you when I know that you're joking and I, I don't want to be a buzzkill. No, go ahead. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm not really joking. Like some of the things I'm saying is actually the truth. I will rip things okay. out. Of the, I will rip things out of the cabinet. I will take everything out of my closet. I I take issue with the narrative that fundamentally being kind of a, a jerk is strongly associated with either neurodivergence or mental health. And the reason I take issue with it for two reasons is that one, someone can be mentally ill and a jerk. Someone can be mentally healthy or not have a mental illness, I guess. Maybe they're not mentally healthy, but someone cannot have an illness and also be a jerk, right? And on top of that, I do sometimes feel like I just had this argument with someone on the internet, which I'm sure did absolutely nothing productive for either of us. Uh, but I, I, I really feel like it infantilizes mentally folks who are neurodivergent or have mental illnesses. Like I, I know that when I've like, when I was in some of the worst of my, you know, stuff, cause I also have complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And when I, before I went into recovery, when I didn't understand what was happening with me, I didn't understand how it was affecting me. I know that I acted out in ways that are not necessarily kind or good or considerate of others. And yes, there was a a reason, right? Like, and a good reason. Like I was having a, a, a response that I, at the time, genuinely didn't have control of. But I also... I'm still responsible for those things. Like me, it's not an okay for me to be like, well, I have complex post-traumatic stress disorder. So that didn't matter. You know, that's not acceptable. Like, and actually it's on me as the person who's, who did those things. Like it was on me to apologize to the people that I hurt or leave them alone. If apologizing would make things worse. Cause sometimes that is the answer. Right. And commit to developing better coping mechanisms and communication skills to be able to make sure I don't repeat that behavior in the future. And so if somebody writes it off as, oh, well, you know, they're mentally ill, which is why they're a jerk. Like one, you're not holding that person accountable. Two, you're perpetuating the stigma against people who are neurodivergent or mentally ill. And three, you're kind of infantilizing them. Like they're still an adult person who is capable of making choices that make them a better person and they're still responsible for their behavior. So again, sorry, soapbox, I'm done momentarily. I'm sure I'll find another to step on in a second, but for right now. (laughs) I mean, I was kind of going to touch on that, but yeah, like, yeah, I know I can be a jerk. I know I can make people mad, but like I, I'm 38 years old. I, I go to work every day that I'm scheduled. Um, There's 90% of my job. I don't want to do but I know I need to pay bills. So it's either that or something else. So I understand that, you know, Hey, I don't want to do this and I might complain the whole time, but it'll get done. You know, I like stuff that uh, my job, it has to be done. I don't like, like I said, I'll complain the whole time of, rush, or complain about like a week later after it's done. But there's people who, yeah, just say, I'm not going to do this because I don't feel like it. I don't, I, I, don't understand that mentality of it. Um, and then sometimes, yeah, I'm being a jerk to the wife or somebody else. My 
I know if I continue the conversation, it's only going to get worse. There's no way that I know of right now that I'm going to say something that makes her mad and then say something that evens that out. So I'm like, just give me like 10, 15 minutes. Let me go listen to some tunes, some angry music. Let me come back when I'm more cool headed because there's, there's nothing I'm going to say in the next 10, 15 minutes that's going to be good. I, there's no way around it. I just give me my, my piece and I'll come back and we can discuss this. Yeah. Which I think is the appropriate way to handle it. Right. Like, I think that, uh, and there are some schools of thought that disagree with me, but I personally believe that like, in my experience, I, you know, if you get into the whole thing about like, what are the things you can control? So for me, I know that I can't always control the way that I feel. I can't. Sometimes I'm just angry or irritated or sad or whatever. And I'm not like, there's no amount of me trying to shape or mold that that's going to make it better. In fact, usually that makes it worse, right? It exacerbates it. I do think though that like you can control your behavior around it. So uh, I certainly, I, I very rarely get angry anymore, but when I do, I have a really terrible temper and I have a threshold where I've straight up had to say to friends and to, you know, previous boyfriends, partners, be like, I can no longer have a productive conversation with you. It doesn't matter. Like you could say all the right things. You could say everything right. And no matter what I, we're going to get in a fight. Like we're already in a fight and it's going to get worse. And like, I've crossed the threshold of, of productivity or constructive, whatever. I need to just let this burn off, which means I need you to please leave me alone. And I will come find you in the next 24 hours or whatever to restart this conversation. But I really like, I don't nothing <laughs> because yeah. Cause the thing is at that point, like if you do that, that's just putting up a boundary and then taking care of yourself. So you don't act like a jerk. I always like the, uh, well, calm down. It's not that hard to calm down. Oh, really? <laughs> that, that's just calm down. <laughs> oh no. Calm down is also, it's one of those directives that you're like, it is, it is the thing that you say when you want the exact opposite thing to happen. Like when in the history of ever has someone who's upset been told to calm down and then went, Oh, you know what? You're right. Never mind. Oh yeah. Like, so you put it that way. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I was getting ready to knock your block off, but you told me to calm down. It's cool now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think this is the thing too, is that like anger in and of itself is not an unhealthy emotion. It's a normal human emotion. And actually it's good to find healthy outlets for your anger. It's unhealthy to repress it. If you repress it, it's going to come out eventually. It's just going to be way more toxic and destructive if you later. Right. But I think that like, oh man, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Um, don't let Give anger build up. Uh, release it in oh. small doses. Um, okay. I got it again. Sorry. Totally golfing. It's like once around the bowl and I'm gone. Hey, get your stuff get your stuff together, all right? I don't appreciate this. <laughs> this is unprofessional. <laughs> I know. Who said I was a professional? No, I, I just feel like anger is a healthy emotion. People who do that like toxic positivity thing or who um like mischaracterize or I feel like there are there's a type of person that thinks that if you are angry or expressing an emotion that isn't like sort of socially acceptable, right? That they'll 
ascribe that to like, they'll basically assign that as like a character flaw. And it's not like, that's just a normal human emotion. It's how you deal with it that matters. Like, it's okay to be angry. It's about whether or not, like, do you punch the wall? Because if you do, that's probably shouldn't. And also scary and potentially abusive to the people around you. If you're angry and you're like, hi, I can't talk to you for half an hour. I need to go for a walk. Who cares? Like, yeah, do it. Like, go, go burn off the steam and come back. Like, it's how you manage it, not whether or not it exists. Yeah, I need to literally pound the pavement, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mine is, mine is, uh, recently I've been working out. I have a, a stationary bike. So when I'm angry doing that, that helps. Cardio. Angry, screaming cardio. Do you ever get anywhere on that thing? Yeah, once around the living room. There's there's <laughs> there's a deep rut around the living room. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it's so stupid. Like I hate I hate that I have to get it, but also it snows where I am and right now like literally have several feet of snow outside. So, uh I and last year, I last January uh, we had this big blizzard and I went for a walk because I was like, it's so beautiful out. I'm going to go for a walk. And I slipped on black ice and broke my ankle in three places. <laughs> so now I'm terrified to leave my house if there's ice on the ground. I know I can't break the same ankle because it's got a bunch of hardware in it, but I'm so scared. I'm like, I have another leg like what? Or, and I have two arms. Like, what else am I going to break? I can't do it. I was just walking. Like, why don't, oh. you go, why don't you go take a walk? <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like that. So I was like, and I don't, you know, I've never, this is the first time I've ever lived somewhere that has this kind of weather. So I was like, well, how do you, how do you work out? How do you have, how do you get cardio when there's several feet of snow on the ground? I don't know. Cornhole. That's the answer. That's the answer oh. for everything. <laughs> Quote unquote cornhole. Yeah, I got you. That is how some people do it. Look, there's 27 <laughs> feet. <laughs> there's 27 feet in between boards. Walk back up and forth for like three hours. That's a workout. <laughs> sure. Mm -hmm. It sounds so strenuous. It is. It's, I mean, it's fun. I mean, last night I was playing with somebody and like I can hear him out of my corner. My uh, ear is like. Don't choke, don't choke, don't mess up. He's like, uh-huh. That's that's <laughs> that's the last point you're gonna get on me. Um so, so you're talking about digital art. Uh trying to go back to the, what we kind of started with, I guess. Um no, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Whatever. Thank, thank you for that permission. You're um, welcome. Um so what <laughs> what, what uh, so what uh, what actual digital art do you actually do? Do you do Photoshop or do you do um, procreate? Uh, procreate. There you go. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I I, love wait, it. wait. I'm talking about digital art. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> oh, okay. Please continue. Not, not the the appropriate term. Yeah, procreate. No. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't realize we were going back to a conversation about quote unquote cornhole again. No, procreate the app. Um, so is that that's not an Adobe program, right? That's just a standalone program. Yeah, it's not an Adobe program. I hate the new Adobe subscription model thing. Uh, side note. Yeah, I it's not. It's its own, it's an iPad. 
okay. program. They might have it on other things. I don't actually know, but I have an iPad. Is that what uh, most people like on TikTok are using when they uh, like do certain uh, things on what looks like an iPad or something? Or I guess I think so. It's very popular, um, partially because I, it's I. I think you buy it like once if I'm remembering, or it's free. I can't remember, but it's, it's inexpensive. It's really accessible if people have the iPad and it has a lot of flexibility and a lot of different like built-in brushes. It already has some palettes. A lot of people also put out free palettes. So it's really easy to find a bunch of different ways to use it without having to spend more money on the expensive digital device that you've already spent money on. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I understand why like Adobe does their subscription base because I mean, it's nice to have everything up to date, but yeah, do do I want to spend $60 for a month for everything when I'm only going to use like three programs? And it's like, there's yeah. a, there's a cutoff point where like you can buy one or two and it's okay. But once you start getting like a third or a fourth, then you got to pretty much buy the whole bundle. I'm like, I'm not going to use, you know, bridge. I'm not going to use this. I'm not going to use yeah. that. Um, but yeah, like, like, I like a good free, like GIMP. GIMP is nice. It's totally, it, it's yeah. like, it's Photoshop light basically. Um, yeah. and then it's free. Um, there's some stuff I think I can't really do, but I don't like since this whole pandemic thing, I've kind of like set aside my camera and like, it's, it's sad that right now it's, it's an expensive webcam. That's all it's being used for right now. So <laughs> I mean, the picture looks nice for whoever's on this other end. It's but... very crisp, yeah. The lighting is is beautiful. You look like an influencer. Yeah. Have you started a TikTok yet? No, I'm I'm a lurker on TikTok. I um so oddly enough, like I'm a weird person, obviously, but I don't like things like TikTok and like that are like all template based kind of thing and trends. I don't, I think that's kind of like almost like cheating in a way where I'd rather you sit there in whatever premiere or, or um, uh, whatever. And actually like, you know, clip the clips together and make it instead of just throwing it in and letting that do most of the work. Now, that being said, I do see a lot of creator people on there and I will spend hours. Like I'll scroll through with like, where did those three it's hours go? <laughs> amazing. I mean, I'm so impressed. It's definitely beyond like the skills for creating amazing TikToks. I'm blown away. It's not my strength. I have a TikTok where I sometimes post um, little art videos for the most part, but like, wow, I'm so, so impressed. And of course, like most of the people on it are very young. Like we're ancient by the standards of that app, like absolutely the oldest people um, everyone who's older than us, according to them is dead. So, um, I'm just amazed though. Like I, I'm constantly blown away. There are so many really clever, creative, all the storytelling. There's this one, I'll have to send it to you. Like there's this one woman who I just saw her TikToks posted on Twitter that, uh, she's, she like did this love story with an onion and it's like a movie trailer. It's hilarious. I'll have, I can't describe it properly. I'm, I'm truly not doing it justice, but I'm just, I love it. I'm, I'm amazed. And, and my, like my, the, the algorithm for my selections are completely like weird. Like I'll go from this guy who races, he puts his hot wheels on a track and races that around to like a truck driver i'm like well okay that's cars i guess maybe but then it's like this guy's balancing uh 
lifting up a car with eggs, which is kind of interesting. But yeah, like the, just the gambit of <laughs> things that I show up. I'm yeah. like, how does this come up? I mean, <laughs> and it's weird when the wife and I have the same video. I'm like, I just saw that like five minutes ago. <laughs> you hear, yeah, that, yeah, you hear yeah. the same that song. I'm like, I know it's playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read this really interesting article about specifically about how TikTok is changing memes because of the way that the sounds are being used, how a sound that is used sincerely can get turned into a meme itself or vice versa. A a sound that was originally meant to be part of a joke gets turned into an educational video and talking about how that like is like an added complexity to meme culture it was a really interesting. I'll have to find it. This is an interesting article. I don't know. The whole thing absolutely fascinates me and also makes me feel 800 years old. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yeah, I've, I brought it up on, on numerous shows on here. But yeah, like things like Reddit or like, I yeah, I'm like Reddit's kind of has like a learning curve. If you don't know what it is, and I'm still no expert on all the time. But uh, yeah, it's hard to find things until you kind of get like into that curve and, you know, you can feel kind of comfortable. However, whenever I post like uh, people like looking for guests for my show, it always tells me, you know, this is a this is a bot, you know, your format of it it doesn't fit. You got to be more general. And I'm like, well, this one had, you know, a dozen or so uh, different people writing back. So people are obviously seeing it, but I don't know yeah. what I got to do for that stupid bot not to show up after I write a post. You know, I don't get are it. You, are you copying and pasting your post from before? No, because I'm trying to get it um, uh, not to come up. I mean, I got to the point oh, where hmm. like, uh, I, so I, I try, it says, don't be, you know, general, be you know specific. Don't say like, I'm looking for a fun guest. Okay. I understand that. So that's why my last post, I said, you know, I'm looking for interesting people that have, you know, stories that, you know, like people who use neo pronouns and, and, you know, their hobbies and their interests. And then I went into a long or form of, you know, what's been on the show, what's, you know, what, uh, what I'm looking for, that type of thing. So, mm-hmm. I finally got to that when I like share my episode, I finally got that to like not being kicked back as the form format. It's like, <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Put, put it in, pain in the ass. Put it in bracket. That's, that's, that's why I, I have notes right here that says, yeah. this is what I got to do every time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, once you get used to it, it's kind of fun. I mean, and I do like Reddit that it does have a not safe for work mode that's automatically activated. So I can scroll through it and be like, don't click on the blurry picture. Don't click on the blurry picture. <laughs> Wait yeah. till other people are away, then click on the yeah. blurry picture. <laughs> I haven't had to worry about safe for work in so long. I sometimes forget it's a thing because <laughs> I've worked from home forever. So I'm like, everything's safe for work. It's my house. It's like, no, you know. Let me take this to HR. Well, that's me right here. Yeah. I'm like talking about one of my cats. I'm like, I'd like to file a complaint. I've been harassed by a coworker. She literally sneezed in my face. Okay, continue. She scratched me. You know, she, yeah, I was sitting there being all peaceful and she came up and scratched me. That's assault, brother. It's it's uncomfortable to be around. I don't, you know. This is <laughs> sexual harassment. So, but before you uh, were in 
so I'm I'm assuming that that's how you make your living is by your art, right? By selling different pieces. Yeah. What art and and writing? I also I run writing workshops. Okay. Uh, so what did you do? We can get that back to that in a second. But what did you do before you were an artist? Um, <laughs> uh, let me give you the the real quick rundown because I've done a little bit of everything. I'm a person who like I. Uh, my family's pretty working class. Like I've usually up until the last couple of years always had typically always had a couple of jobs. So I have worked, I worked at Long's Drugs. I've worked at Radio Shack dating myself. Um, wait, 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 what? I, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, dating yourself. I'm like, wait a minute. I'd like, I thought you meant like I, I went out on an evening with myself. I was like, how's that no, work with Radio no. Shack? I mean, with Radio Shack, there are there's a subset of people who don't know what a Radio Shack is, and they're like 18, okay? Um, so, uh, Long Strokes, Radio Shack, worked at a dog kennel, I worked stuffing envelopes, I worked at a domestic violence shelter, I worked as a professional dominatrix, I did phone sex for a while, uh, professionally, not just like for fun. Um, let's see what else. Oh, I had a, a column. I then wrote for a bunch of different publications. I then became the editor in chief for one of them. And then later I was a managing editor for a dating blog. Then I was a communication specialist for a web development firm, then freelanced doing that kind of thing. And then went on to become a project manager for another web development firm. And now I'm here. I mean, I will go through that list and uh, I'll write down everything. But yes, you I were. probably <laughs> missed a couple. But generally, oh, I also waited tables. I also was the, uh, an administrative assistant for uh, a Hilton in the sales and catering office. I'm sure there are others that I've missed. I'm serious. It's like. So, yeah. uh and envelope stuffer. I mean, they kind of sound like the same to me. They're really both uh, much more, well, envelope stuffing is as boring as you'd think it would be. And being a dominatrix is more boring than you'd think it would be. <laughs> so I want to get to the interesting topic. Envelope uh -huh. stuffing. Did you lick the envelopes yeah. or did okay. you have a stamp or a sponge? No. So you have the sponge. Yeah. Hell no. Are you going to lick all those envelopes? That's disgusting. What do I want to like? That reminds me of that episode of Seinfeld where uh, Costanza's wife dies or her fiance dies but yeah no it was, absolutely it was not. the invitations <laughs> i told you not yeah. to cheap out <laughs> yeah what, what do i want like a disease no also i was like 12 or something when i was doing that you think that like i liked to make money but i wasn't like i didn't like it that much i mean i i used to like that well there are certain envelopes that had a really good taste to it i'm like oh i don't like these envelopes they don't have the good taste to it but these ones you give me a you know you give me a, a box of these and i'll be happy for the day <laughs> i want you to know that this is the equivalent of saying that you enjoy sniffing markers like this is not like i mean like the cherry and the blueberry one and sometimes like no, the ones I'm <laughs> No, it's like these aren't scented. Oh, they have a scent to me. I, I'm smelling this until <laughs> until yeah. I can smell cherry or something. Yeah. Until you can smell cherry, don't worry. It's a few huffs away. You're almost there. Keep going. I mean, am I the only one who likes the smell of gasoline? Like when it had like lead in it and stuff like that. Well, ooh, I'll go to the gas station with you. I love that smell. <laughs> just, <laughs> just permeating through the car. Yeah. Yes, there we go. <laughs> 
I miss Radio Shack. Yeah, talking about dating yourself. Like, <sighs> so I, everyone, like, I don't. That makes <laughs> one of us. I mean, you work there. I shop there. Um, but yeah, like for drugstores, like I still call it a Rite Aid. I, Rite Aids are not a it's Rite Aid, CVS. Yeah, Rite Aid, Eckerd's. That's what I call it. I'm like, I'm going to get onto the Eckerd's. Well, Eckerd's hasn't existed for like 10 years. I don't care. I don't even, <laughs> I've never even heard of that. I have no idea. That must also be regional. It may be. Yeah. It's a, it's a chain of drugstore, like Walgreens or something, but I, yeah. I'm always calling it by that, that old name. I'm like, I don't care. I, I'm going to go to the drugstore. Uh, going to go to the, whatever. doesn't yeah. matter. My but. parents both worked in advertising uh, in the eighties and nineties. And they both said that that was like the dream was to brand something so well that it became the commonly used term, like, like how for tissues, it's Kleenex, you know, same thing. They said that that was the dream to like be able to create a campaign that was so effective that it became the common term that people used for the actual product. Isn't there actually a name for that? I tried to look that up one day, but I thought, I thought there's like a special name, like it's the... Zandor effect or whatever. I don't know. I know that's not it, but it would be <laughs> kind of cool if it was. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, there probably is. There's a name for everything. I'm learning all the time, but I don't know. Yeah. The the little plastic covers at the end of your shoelaces are called anklets. Anklets. Are they? Yeah. A-G-U-L-E-T-S, I believe. Something like yeah. that. Huh. Imagine just getting a whole gross of anklets. Be like, yes, my dreams have come true. Now I can, you know, organize all of my shoestrings. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That's that's what everybody dreams of. Well, people who used to work or shop at uh, uh, Radio Shack does, you know. <laughs> yeah, some of the, the fun things you can get, you could like really only get there. I'm like, oh, now that I got to order a capacitor, I don't want to have to do that. <laughs> yeah, it was a... Uh... I mean, it's funny. I have no, I guess they, I think there are probably some still around like lingering sort of like that one last blockbuster that apparently exists somewhere. Um, but I mean, that store, like the big thing when you worked there is that, yes, they had all those little wires and the little parts and the batteries and all that tiny little stuff that people who were super into building or fixing things would come and buy. But when you're working there, like the biggest thing and the thing they make money on is cell phone contracts so you're supposed to push. That's why every time, if you remember walking into a radio shack, you'd be get someone being like, so are you interested in getting a new phone today? That's why. It's because that's where you get your commission. You don't make anything off of a $2 wire or whatever. You make nothing. You're like, this is nothing. This is useless to me. Yeah, you have to walk through the uh, the cell phone place. You can't like, like yeah. it's in the back. It's directly in the front. It's pretty much like you have to sidestep around it just to, you know, I'm like, it's, can I? It's because that's how they made their money. It's also why you get accosted by someone when you walk or well, when you used to walk into the store and someone would be like, cell phone. And then when you'd be like, no, <laughs> I got one. Like, thanks. Oh, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> Don't ask me any other questions. So was this back in the day where they had those bag phones? Like you had to plug it into the cigarette lighter? Mm, I don't know. It wasn't that long ago. I'm not that old. How old do you think I am? My mom had one that, of those. Those were fun. I know, like the buttons were on the back. I know the, the pandemic has been rough on everyone and especially me, but I have not aged so much that that is an appropriate question for you to ask me. <laughs> What's a StarTech phone? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> 
No idea. It was a it was a foldable phone that had like it had like a like a, a two week battery on it, you know, and it had a little antenna out. You folded it out, you know, a little push buttons. You had your 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 twelve numbers, and then you know it's kind of like a, a jitterbug almost, you know, but smaller. You might as well be talking to me about like I don't know petticoats. I have no idea about any of what you're talking about. Oops. Don't they have? Aren't they double-breasted? Haha, but no. No, but I'm, not... I, no seriously, are they? Petticoats? Yeah. Petticoats are like for below. They're under your skirt. I also you. What are you talking about? Maybe I'm thinking like a pea coat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very different. So a, a pea coat is like a coat that is usually double-breasted, often made of wool. A petticoat is what um, ladies used to wear to make their skirts puffy. Like a so, hundred years ago. Oh, uh, it's that like cagey looking thing. Sort of, but there are like layers. You can have a petticoat without the cage. The cage, I think, is a different thing. The petticoat is like layers where you can have like you'd have an extra skirt, basically, that has like a fluffy bottom. Or it can be sewn into a dress, actually. You should Google petticoat. Yeah, like I, when I ever heard petticoat, I thought it was like outerwear that no. like, like sailors or whatnot would wear. Not even close, but I did love that moment of confusion where neither <laughs> of us knew what the other person or what we were talking about. <laughs> Super confusion. <laughs> <laughs> you know that anyone who is going to listen to this episode when they hear this part is going to be like screaming at their speaker being like, ah, both of you. <laughs> You moron. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite part about being on or having a podcast is that I know that there's someone someone somewhere out there saying this person is a moron. <laughs> like I, I'm an intelligent moron. I know when I'm purposely like being like facetious or whatever. <laughs> I just also feel like like you know what? I'm I'm I don't know everything. I don't know. Like if you expect everyone you listen to, to I don't know everything. Do you know everything? Obviously not, because you didn't know what a petticoat was. Like, see, I just feel like lots of people just don't know things. It doesn't really make you smart or not smart. It just makes you like shows a blind spot in your knowledge. No, That's see, what I tell myself when I feel stupid. So whatever. See, I knew. I was just waiting for you to explain to the people who lies. didn't know. <laughs> lies. Absolute lies. The look on your face when I said petticoat tells me everything that I need to know, which is that you had no idea what I was talking about. I mean, all I want to do is say, you say petticoat, I say Johnson. Petticoat, Johnson. Petticoat, Johnson. And I don't even really know what that reference is. <laughs> I just know it's like a show or something. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to say Johnson every time you say petticoat. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't now that it's out of the bag. <laughs> mm-hmm. You ruined it for yourself. <laughs> perfect all right well before um all right so you want to get out some plugs real quick uh if people are looking for you where can they find you so uh, radio I, shack yeah uh, not at radio shack <laughs> radio shack it, radio shack is almost extinct and i am fortunately not uh so yeah if people want to find me i'm mostly on instagram it's at besting betty that's b-e-s-t-i-n-g and then betty like the name and then my website's bestingbetty.com. My Twitter's Besting Betty. Everything's Besting Betty, basically. And also uh, my podcast that I host with my friend Brianna, 
We are both neurodivergent artists and we share mental health tips and kind of coping skills, as well as talk a lot about creativity. Um, we have an episode, we're pretty new. So we have an episode on the tortured artist and kind of the myths associated with that. My apologies because definitely the uh, the audio is rough. It was our second episode and it is real, real terrible, but we've worked that out since. Um, we've had our first guest on, uh, her name's Jolie Holland. She's a really incredible musician. And we talked a lot about, in particular, like being creative during the pandemic. And our episode, we had a New Year's episode, of course, and then our episode that's coming out tomorrow for us, but two weeks ago for the people listening to this, um, that episode is basically about pushing through art blocks, whether you're someone who wants to be more creative and doesn't know, like feels intimidated and you don't know where to go, or someone who's regularly making things and notices that you're getting stuck. And we release episodes every other Thursday. So what is the name uh, Best in Bed come from? Oh, yeah. So that came from my um, to crib a term from a friend who cribbed this term from Joan Didion. It was from my year of unmagical thinking when in like an eight month period, I had a bunch of absolutely bonkers and terrible things happen. Um, I had, uh, I was living in a really old house and I was in a house, like the, the floor furnace caught on fire and my roommate's dog alerted me to the fire and I got out. And then um, I broke my arm by getting an electric shock at work. And then I, like two months later, I totaled my car. That one was my fault. I like spaced out and was looking at the second graphic light, which is just really just dumb. And so, uh, but still terrifying. And then two months later, I actually was walking home from a cafe and I got jumped by a dude who beat the crap out of me. And then like a month later, I got a double kidney infection. <laughs> it was horrible. And so I started thinking this thing, like I got with a lot of support and like help from people who were in my life, um, managed to like come out of it. Although I definitely was convinced that this was some sort of like real life final destination thing. I was like, I'm going to die. Like, I don't, I don't know when this many weird things ha happen all in one period of time. I'm like any minute now it's coming for me. Who knows what the, it is, but it is definitely coming. But because I got through it amongst a bunch of other things, um, I started thinking this phrase where I was like, uh, so my writing name for a long time was Betty rather than Liz or Elizabeth or whatever. And so I kept thinking this phrase that was like, even when Betty is batting a thousand, Betty is still your best bet. Or even when life is besting Betty, Betty is still your best bet. Okay. I'm like batting a thousand. So that's, that's a good thing. Right. But that kind of like contradictory with your second. So I was like, okay, I don't. Yeah, I didn't say it made sense. It was just one of those things that like, you know, when sometimes you get something in your head that like just sort of repeats over and over again. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I just had this line, these lines that I was like, yeah, like, and, and so besting Betty is what came out of it, basically. Is that like the best Betty, Betty being bested, like a bunch of different things that even though the meaning is a specific thing, but it was like a bunch of different iterations of that, just sort of like, 
I don't know, I ruminate, I ruminated myself into hell, but it, it's become now like my thing. So because yeah, when I was send, getting ready to send you an email, I'm like, well, is her name, oh, wait, Betty? No. Uh, Liz? How, <laughs> how, do you, how do you get Liz and Betty at the same time? I was like, that's... They're both, <laughs> they're both nicknames for Elizabeth. Betty is a little old-fashioned, but it's actually a nickname for Elizabeth. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that is actually my grandmother's name, Betty, so... Yeah. But she's it's like... A, it's a... Continue. Nah, I was going to say, she's like, don't call me. Like, it's not short for anything. It's just Betty. Don't call me anything else. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, but think about it. Like, Elizabeth has a bunch of nicknames. Elizabeth is like Liz, Liza, Eliza, Beth, Betty, Beth, Betsy. There's a bunch of different nicknames for Elizabeth. It's one of those names. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you're right. It's just some of them I just don't associate all being the same. So I'm like, I, I think <laughs> some of them are just like completely separate you got your wall in between and i'm like don't 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 talk to each other you know that's kind of how i view some of them <laughs> yeah well they're both they're both nicknames of uh of elizabeth which is my my name and um yeah betty was just my writing name for a while when i was younger and writing it's like controversial topics and I was worried about my future career. And like, I, so my last name is Aaron Price and it's spelled very bizarrely, not bizarrely. It's spelled somewhat uniquely. It's hard for people to spell. Um, and there's literally only one of me in the world. If you include my middle name, like literally no one else has my name. I'm the only one. So if you Google me, it's me, like that's it. And when you have a unique name, uh, especially when you're, you know, when I was in my early twenties, I was worried about like, I don't know what I'm going to eventually end up doing. Like, what if they Google me and they find all of my, my controversial opinions or see me yelling at people on Twitter and like, they're like, never mind, which fair. Um, so I was worried about that. So Betty was my part of my nom de plume, basically. And it just sort of stuck. I still have friends. I have friends who call me Betty still who I've known since then. Uh, yeah. Now I don't care anymore. I'm in my thirties. And also I'm, I'm an artist. I'm, I had a friend once who I was driving to pick her up for getting together a couple of years ago. And my car was a mess. I just hadn't cleaned it out. And it was like a disaster. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm so embarrassed. Like I just didn't get to it. Like I'm really embarrassed. And she gets in and she's like, yeah, but you're an artist. You're allowed to be like this. And I was like, so what you're saying is I should really lean into this. Okay. That's right. You, you go full bore on that. You know, have like cans. It's like, no, that's part of my that's part of my decoupage later on, you know? <laughs> thank you. I was like, thank you for enabling me. I really appreciate it. That's great. Love it. Love to be enabled in my bad habits. Love it. I, Thanks. I was gonna throw that away, but chuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking it was it was time to clean up my act, but now that you mention it, maybe not. I'm gonna make it hard to get into this car. Let's see. You got a you got a you got a Dukes of Hazard in here, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. So it's one of those things where now it's also you know as you is it's a cliche, but it's so true. Where as you get older, you just don't care. I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. My wife is like, "Hey, we got to make the bed." My parents are coming over. I'm like, "It's your parents. Who cares if?" Well, first of all, the doors are going to be shut. Number one. Second of all. Who cares if my parents, your parents come over and they see a unmade bed? Uh, who cares? But, you know. <laughs> okay. In her defense, though, I actually love making the bed. It's one very small thing you can do that makes your life feel significantly less insane. 
I know that that sounds crazy, but I promise you, it really does. So do you have this problem of being six foot five and like when you lay flat on the bed, you're like ankles down or uh, exposed? I'm like, this is, I can't lay this on the bed unless I lay diagonally. Matt, I'm five, three and a half. I can fit almost anywhere. I can fit in a pocket. When I sit on most couches, if I sit all the way back, my feet dangle like I'm a toddler. Tall bar stools are uncomfortable for me because I can't reach the little thing on the bottom where you're supposed to put your feet. Can I, <laughs> can I get a step stool for my step stool? <laughs> yes, I have several step stools of different heights because I need them. I've also mastered any and any short person will tell you that they've mastered the jump and grab. It's it's an art form, okay? It's one of my mediums. I'm good for that. Hey, I'm about to fall over. Let me grab the ceiling so I don't fall over. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I'm so bitter about being short. I totally have a short person complex. There's there's so many handprints on my ceiling from like, oh, looks like you must <laughs> fell there, you must fell there, you must fell there. <laughs> you know, I have dated some very tall people, and I got to tell you, I really resent it. Not because I'm jealous of their tallness, although I am. But what I resent is that inevitably, when I'm like, where is that thing? Like, where is the TV remote? Where is it? Where'd it go? It's like on top of the fridge or on top of some other place that I cannot see. Like, I'm not, that's not even... It's not just not in my eye level. It's that I would never think to look there because I would never put anything there because I can barely reach it. And so, of course, I'm looking for this thing where I'm like, I can never, I would never find it. It's gone. A lot of times at work, I'll see things like, I'll put things at seven, seven and a half feet off the ground. I'm like, I know I had to put it there because no one else can see that. So I'm like, man, I don't remember putting my gloves there, but that's... I it's like having... A very, very, very tall and irritating leprechaun around. They're moving all the stuff to places you can't see, but they're gigantic. So it's all up high. So I get the um, uh, benefit, I guess. Like, I, I, I was told that I'm, I'm weird but approachable. So I'll be in the grocery store. I'll have like a hate breed hoodie on, skulls, flame, blah, 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 all this good stuff. Like these 80 year old ladies will come up to me, excuse me, sir, can you get this off the top shelf? I'm like, here you go. Do you want any more? And, and then because I used to work at Walmart, I, I'll have the tendency to face the product as well. So I'll grab the item and then I'll give it to the person and I'll bring like three or four <laughs> rows over. I'm like, all right, now they're faced okay. properly. <laughs> I think also though, if you're that big of a guy as someone who's known a few, my brother is six two. One of my brothers is the really big guy. Uh, he is, as he would describe himself, a haggard body type. And so he's a real big guy. But I feel like when you're that big, you kind of have to be approachable because otherwise you just be terrifying. So every guy I know who's that big, even if they're kind of not ultimately a very nice guy, they still have worked on their like approachable demeanor because otherwise everyone would look at them and be like, no, I'm not. We're not talking. You're totally terrifying. You could play whack-a-mole with my head. I'm so not into this, you know? I, I have used people's head at armrest because I'm like, ah, oh, perfect height. I, I don't even have to lean over. <laughs> yeah. 
I see. I have the opposite thing where one, it's very funny. I get told all the time when people have only seen me through the internet or whatever, I'll meet people in person. They'll be like, I thought you were tall. And I'm like, I am opinionated and argumentative and very loud. Like what in the world made you think I was tall? I do not have a tall personality. I have a very short person personality, but because I'm a girl and I have like a sweet face with the chubby cheeks, people think, oh yeah, like, you know, she'll be nice. And then as my mom says, she's like, you look so sweet. And then you open your mouth. Look, people, I'm a Starbucks tall. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I'm stealing that. I'm going to steal that from you and I'm going to use it. That's great. I like it better than snack size. I hate that. Ugh. I think that may be the title of this episode. I'm a Starbucks tall. <laughs> yes! I love it! Alright, so, end on a good note. So, I think, um, unless we have anything else to say, I think this is where we're going to end the episode. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on. I would love to have you back on one day. We can talk some more uh, stuff. You know? Um, sure. Very entertaining. Uh, I loved having you on. Thank you. I had such a great time. Uh, Thank you. Um, Like I said, um, if there's nothing else, I'm going to say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. (laughs) You have been listening to Firing Synapses with Matt Hamity. I want to thank everyone who listened to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends. Also, feel free to send all questions, comments, constructive criticisms, and new topics to mhamityphoto at gmail.com. That's M-H-A-M-I-D-Y photo at gmail.com. It just may end up on a future episode. If you would also like to help the show, You can follow me on all your social media platforms, which includes Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it's still free. Otherwise, goodbye, everybody.